Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate. This is going to be a fun one, folks. Want to let you know if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are all about nonpartisan or neutral debates. So this channel is pure debates on science, politics, and religion, and we want to give everybody their fair shot to make their case on an equal playing ground. So we're very excited. Want to let you let you know a couple of things up front. First, we have invaded the podcast world. So if you have not noticed yet, we are on podcast, as you'll see on the right side of your screen. If you cannot find us on your favorite podcast, let us know. We will work hard to get on there. Also want to let you know, we're excited. About, this is a kind of a unique opportunity, folks. We're going to get to the debate, but I will say this. Something really important and something that I would say we have a common goal in, and it's this. So I just want to kind of basically quick share a eight-second story or so. This is Caitlin that you are seeing on the screen. Caitlin has reached out to me, and she has a GoFundMe, which is linked in the description. I will give you the short version of the story. She also has a video about her story. Basically, Caitlin right now is experiencing a brain degeneration disease. We have already given a donation on behalf of Modern Day Debate for Caitlin's medical fundraiser. We want to let you know if you would like to give to Caitlin's medical fundraiser, we highly encourage you to check out the link in the description as you can make a positive difference in the world, folks. Like we said, there are a couple of things that we think we agree on. One is that we want to make the world a better place, help those who are under hard times. And the second thing, which brings us into this debate, is everybody gets a fair shot on an equal playing ground. So wanna let you know, in addition to Caitlin's links in the description, I have put the links of both Milo and Jangles, AKA Justin. So if you'd like to hear more of these gentlemen, you can, they're both on YouTube. And wanna let you know, folks, we are very excited for this discussion. Justin, AKA Jangles, will be getting the ball rolling as he will be taking the affirmative position that white privilege does indeed exist. Then Milo will be taking his opening. And so with that, want to say let me just check really quick any feedback on the audio all good justin hello excellent me. All right. we will kick it over to you thanks so much for being here the well let me first just say hello and thanks for being here though guys really appreciate you hanging out with us thanks justin for being here thank you milo as well yeah thanks for having us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the floor is all yours justin cool so the term white fragility, James, the term white fragility was more or less coined by Robin DiAngelo, a liberal huckster who wants to profit off the pain and suffering of marginalized people to sell a book pretending that a real and viable way to combat the unconscionable racial disparities still present in our country is to hire more HR reps to discipline white people who say racist jokes. Possibly the only thing sadder than this book's success and notoriety is the absolute meltdown that conservatives are having over it because it's entitled insinuated that they might not be as tough as they think they are. A reaction so poetic and beautiful that I'd pay to see it in theaters, if not for the fact that we can't go to theaters anymore,
because of a virus that's disproportionately killing people of color due to racist housing and wealth distribution policies that we never got around to fixing. Because the discourse around this book is garbage, and I didn't write it in the first place, this will be the last time I mention D'Angelo's book in my opening statement or in the debate as a whole. Instead, I'm going to talk about slavery. Not historical plantation slavery, but like modern-day slavery. Uh, quick aside, uh, there's still slaves. Did you know that? So, like today, right now, as you're watching or listening to this, slaves still make a lot of stuff in places like Pakistan, Uzbekistan, Uganda, the Philippines, and even Russia that then get bought by people here in the West. If you drink coffee with sugar while looking at your cell phone before putting on your clothes in the morning, you've almost certainly bought something that came into your hands by way of modern slavery. Given that, we can make a few assumptions. So you probably don't wish active harm on these people, uh, you know, on these victims of slavery, and you'd much prefer to see them, you know, not be slaves. You were born into a country uh, with an economic system that makes avoiding these products very difficult, beyond what a reasonable person could be expected to know and do. And you almost certainly had no direct say in the policies and trade agreements that would uh, allow this modern slavery to continue. However, we can also state a few facts. The reason you are not one of these slaves is due to factors beyond your control and not in any reasonable sense due to the virtue of your personal decisions. The reason these people are slaves is in huge part thanks to factors beyond their control and not in, in any reasonable sense due to the lack of virtue in their own decisions. You have, in no uncertain terms, played a part in helping to contribute to these conditions by virtue of your participation in the economic system that benefits from them. And after that, we inevitably have a few questions. Is modern slavery your fault? And does this make you a bad person? There are a few schools of thought to help us answer this. And what better place to start than the guiding principles of the country you likely live in? The greatest goddamn country on earth, the United States of America. Freedom and meritocracy. In America, you decide your own fate and succeed or fail on your own merits, with the assurance that no matter where you end up, you got there by clawing by your own two hands. Which would mean, yeah, yeah, it is your fault. You chose to buy the coffee and sugar and shirt that some kid halfway across the world was forced into making. If you didn't know about it, that's also your fault. Nothing was stopping you from doing the tiny amount of research it would have taken for you to find out. And ask yourself, does a good person buy things made with the blood of slave labor? The answer to that is no. So yeah, it is your fault. And yeah, you are a bad person. Unless. Well, before we get into that, let's talk about how this is, an, uh, this is analogous to systemic racism in America. Mainly about how systemic racism in America absolutely exists, and to disagree with that is to be incorrect. Systemic racism is not the result of some shadowy cabal of evil white people conspiring in a boardroom somewhere, no matter how many tiny idiots try to frame it that way. Rather, it's a reflection of linear time, actions in the past having consequences in the present. To paraphrase a segment from the excellent Cody Johnston, the institution of slavery led to an enormous racial discrepancy in wealth even after it was abolished due to black people being denied inheritance from their parents, which, you know, didn't have anything because slaves, which led to worse social conditions for black people in the U.S. for generations afterward which led to the justification of federally sanctioned housing policies, including loans being intentionally denied to individuals redlined in black neighborhoods, which led to black people living in areas of concentrated poverty, which led to less access to upward mobility, which led to an increased 
uh, motivation towards crime, which led to over-policing, which led to mass incarceration, which led to the loss of political power, which led to an inability to halt further losses of property values, which led to a decrease in the property taxes that inexplicably fund local school systems, which led to less funding for education in black districts, uh, which led to fewer opportunities to achieve better careers, which led to, which led to, which led to. Even if there was no, zero, modern racial bias against people of color in education, which there is, or the job market, which there is, or the medical system, which there is, or home ownership, which there is, or the criminal justice system, which there is at all levels, and even if we weren't under the current leadership of a president who exploited white fears about losing their status atop the racial hierarchy to gain political power, which we are, systemic racism would still be explanatory for the racial gap in wealth and status in this country. Systemic racism doesn't need an overseer with a pointy white hat, uh, a pointy white hood to pull the strings. It just needs people to not think too much about their morning cup of coffee. Research has shown that there are two primary factors contributing to the denial of systemic racism. The first is simple ignorance of historical reality. If you are unaware of the vast but straightforward through line of slavery, then to racial gaps now, you're likely to use the default cultural norms of meritocracy we have in the United States to generate a post hoc rationalization for racial disparities. We're a just society. People are in control of their own lives, and so people deserve what they have. It only takes a pittance of information to alleviate this problem in the studies that I've read. The second factor is the harder one, positive white racial identity, the extent to which you like being white. People who are proud of being white are way more likely to reject historical and empirical truths, proving systemic racism not because of any rational objections, but because admitting that a group they identify with has done something morally wrong would be a threat to their positive group identity. And when combined with the American belief in meritocracy, that people get what they deserve, it's easy to fall into the belief that white people have simply earned their rightful place and that non-white people should stay in theirs. For more information, direct your super chat questions to Milo and his old friends at Breitbart. This stuff is bog standard psychology, not even remotely controversial in the field. People tend to justify power structures they find themselves in, and they tend to reject information that threatens a positive self-image. More so, negative traits tend to be morally diagnostic, uh, more so than positive traits, which is to say that people will judge you more based on the bad stuff you do more than the good stuff you do. Yeah, cancel culture is real, and it wasn't invented by 19-year-old leftists on Twitter. People all across the political spectrum see accusations of racism as an attack on their moral character rather than a criticism of their actions. Because people all across the political spectrum use accusations of racism to attack moral character rather than actions. We want to believe that we have a fair chance. We want to feel good about ourselves, and we don't want other people to think bad about us. All of this explains, to reluctantly borrow a subtitle from a certain terrible book, why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. But there is another way. Instead of pretending that none of us are products of our environment, that black families probably deserve to have only 10% of the wealth that white families have, that you chose to support slavery with your cup of coffee, we could put our individual actions in the proper perspective. We all make choices, but our choices are heavily influenced and limited by the system presenting them to us. When you adopt this position, you find that you don't have to ignore the historical reality of systemic racism. You don't have to ignore the mountains of empirical data showing racial disparities in nearly all aspects of modern life, and you don't have to believe in scientifically false genetic differences between socially constructed racial categories. You get to realize that the same theory that rejects a genetic explanation for black poverty and crime in favor of an environmental one also rejects a genetic explanation for right or white propagation of racist systems in favor of an environmental one.
You get to realize that racism or any other prejudice, systemic or other, uh, or otherwise, isn't a binary on or off switch that automatically pegs you as a good or bad person. You get to realize that it's just cultural inertia that keeps system of inequality going rather than evil racist conservatives or incompetent detached liberals. And you get to realize that while you aren't personally responsible for building this unjust system, you can be a voice in the collective push to change it. Thank you very much from Justin. We will kick it over to Milo for his opening. The floor is all yours. Milo, thanks for being here. Thank you. Well, I, I took some notes while you were speaking because I, I want to um, address a couple of things you said. But unfortunately, I find us uh, in a difficult position since the title of this debate has to do with a subject that you seem unwilling or unable to talk about. The, you can dismiss, if you like, the Ur text of, um, of, the, of the white fragility uh, theory offhand with what you say is a uh, perfectly correctly, by the way, is, is a terrible book by a terrible person with terrible motives. But that's what we're here to talk about. And if you don't want to talk about her, you can at least talk about the theory in general terms. Now, um, before, I, before I go on and start being mean, I do, first of all, want to pay tribute to the fact that you're here at all, because it can be very difficult uh, these days to, to for, for me especially, to speak to anybody, they tend to get browbeaten by their own fans, which is a very um, depressing and ghastly thing to, to submit yourself to. But um, I would just like to thank you, um, Justin, for, for, for showing up at all. And you gave us in your opening a very well-structured, well-organized, passionate, and, and in, some, in some ways quite persuasive um, uh, opening, but it was to an entirely different question. And it also, I, I, I suspect, and this will perhaps become clear in the discussion, uh, ascribed to me or assumed on my behalf a number of positions I simply don't hold. Um, you, let's get back to the subject that we're here to talk about, which is white fragility. Now, this is outside the realms of statistics. It's outside the realms of crime data. It's a theory that talks about how white people feel and to what extent they're responsible for their own responses to allegations of racism. Now, you mentioned earlier, you know, pe people get upset when they're accused of, of being racist because they think it's an assault on their moral character. Um, yes, and that's that's what Robin D'Angelo says. Um, but, but you seem to be mistaking, I mean, you, you could call it, I guess, the difference between structural racism and systemic racism. You talk about systemic racism in quite a persuasive way. And in many ways, I do agree with you on those subjects. But the structural racism that Robin D'Angelo is talking about is a little bit different. And she's, well, let me start at the beginning. Let's, let me start at the beginning of what I want to talk about with that, and then we'll get to you at the end. Now, this, it seems to me, this white fragility thing, it seems to me quite obvious that it is a sort of white on white crime. White fragility, the theory of white fragility, which is, is um, profoundly de uh, dehumanizing to blacks, by the way, uh, seems to be a sort of class war and a generalization from the particular, a sort of projection, not from everyone, but from a specific group of people. Now, when you read Robin D'Angelo's book, uh, White Fragility, the thing that, that 
popped out at me, and I'm, I'm glad you don't like it because I don't like it either, um, with extraordinary admissions of quite alarming and amazing attitudes that she apparently has toward black people. She admits that, you know, she gets the impulse to cross the street when she sees one. Uh, she, she, she admits that, uh, you know, whenever she hears about a bad neighborhood, she knows what that means. These are things that I have never thought <laughs> going through my ordinary daily life. And this, I think, is what gives us a clue to understanding what we're here to discuss today, which is the projection of a small number of white liberals of their own anxieties and feelings and, and you might say sort of uh, middle-class guilt issues onto the rest of the population. Now you can sort of see this with me too, liberals do it with me too as well. They'll, they'll sort of, because their husbands are Clintons and Epsteins and Weinsteins, they think that the rest of men are like that too. Um, unfortunately we're not, it's just your guys that are like that. Um, and in the same sort of way, this um, profound discomfort with black people seems to me to be a uniquely left-wing problem. Now, you and I are going to agree in extraordinary detail, I, I, I'm sorry to disappoint you, about many of the things that, uh, many of the legacies of slavery that black people are still enduring and, and suffering and all the rest of it. Um, we're going to agree on a lot of that. We're going to agree on a lot of things to do with criminal justice. We're going to agree on, on a lot of stuff. But what I can't agree with, which is what we just talk about, which unfortunately you, you simply declined to even attempt to defend, is the thing that you are here to speak in the affirmative for, which is the idea that white people have um, a difficulty, almost a sort of social pathology, when it comes to speaking about race and their own complicity in injustice. Now, if, you're, if you've followed any of these debates, you might be thinking, well, white people are in a bit of a bind these days because it's sort of racist if you notice and racist, racist if you don't notice. We've all seen those flowcharts um, that, are, that are floating in our message boards. And I think that's right because this, this, um, this theory of white fragility doesn't seem to me to be uh, addressed at fixing anything. Now, you, um, Justin, uh, creditably and commendably want to fix things. You, have uh, uh, reached out to listeners in a way to, to say, be part of the solution. Robin D'Angelo and the Colton theory of white fragility says that white people shouldn't even attempt to think about solutions because that is in itself another uh, manifestation of racism. So uh, it seems to me that we, we have quite a lot in common and, and I'm afraid I have you at a disadvantage since you haven't really defended the thing you have to defend, but um, what's very obvious from listening to you is that you you have a, a, a passionate sense of the injustice that black people in this country have felt and it's one that I share with you but white fragility is not the way that we're going to help black uh, black America because it seems to me in, indeed it, it says itself in its founding text that white people wading in with solutions is just another expression of white supremacy and therefore and I do see some hints of this by the way in in, in you I'm sorry to say so much of this discourse seems to be about flagellation. It seems to be penitential. It seems to be uh, more about white people beating themselves up for a blend of genuine and perceived past injustices visited upon others, that there's simply no basis on which to um, punish people living today for. 
it's crackers. So it may surprise you to learn I have, in fact, some sympathy with the call for reparations. I, I would like to see the money very specifically and carefully spent and, and hope that it does some good. Um, because I, I understand, I believe, I recognize that there are some, some legacies there. Um, but that's not really what we're here to talk about. Once again, I'm, I'm afraid. Um, what, what we're here to talk about is, is the inability of white people, supposedly the inheritors of all this extraordinary privilege, although they themselves are not really experiencing it if you look at poverty, poverty and literacy rates, um, the inability of white people to address the subject in a way that is, is helpful to, it seems to me, black people's feelings. So we, we I'm, I'm just gonna stop because it's better that we have a discussion, um, but, but, but we, we are in a difficult position now because um, you, have, you have given a partially correct and very persuasive defense of something that nobody asked today. So I wonder whether maybe in the, in the first you know, time you, ha you have uh, back that, that I could drag you back to the debate question for which we are appearing here because um, there are lots of discussions about the legacy of slavery and, and, and it's, uh, you know, the subject doesn't, doesn't sort of excite me as much as, as, um, uh, as, 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 you know, the thing that everybody's shown up to hear you on. So maybe you could, maybe you could give us a few of your thoughts about what we're here to discuss. And then we could, we could maybe have a chat because I, I don't see there's much point in me, you know, um, uh, dismantling a, a view that, that it remains unclear if you even uh, believe in it and, uh, and and you haven't really got around to addressing it. So I'm just going to stop um, and let's um, let's see if we can get back to the debate question and, and see what you see what you have to say on, on the debate topic. All Thanks right, so much. So I want to mention all right, really quick. Let's do it. Oh, we'll let's jump up. right into it. Just want to let people know if you have a question for the Q&A, feel free to fire it into the old live chat. If you tag me with that modern day debate, it makes it easier for me to get every question in that Q&A list. And then Super Chat is also an option where you can make a comment toward one of the speakers. We ask that you keep it respectful, of course, and also want to let you know that your Super Chat will push your question or comment to the top of the list for the Q&A. So with that, on toward the open discussion. Thanks, gentlemen. Okay, that was a very succinct, to the points uh, opening monologue from Milo. I defined white fragility and defended its existence in my opening statement. Now, you should be able to appreciate this, but the reason that you've heard about white fragility, the book, and the concept in general, is because it's called white fragility. I mean, a provocative book title, this is something that you should be able to appreciate because the actual content of the book is just well, it's horribly written with terrible anecdotes and all that stuff, but the, the meat of it, the psychological theory, is bog-standard psychology. People tend to justify power structures that they're placed into. People tend to overestimate their personal ability to affect, uh, you know, affect their own lives. They tend – like, for example, uh, if you tell somebody, uh, I'm going to flip a coin for you, what chance do you think it's going to land where you want it to? And if you tell them, hold on, if you tell them, okay, now I'll let you flip the coin. Do you think you'll have a better chance of getting your way? They'll usually say yes. And, uh, and like I said, there are studies here that say okay, that, hold okay, on, I'm, I'm not I'm done. Whoa, 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 come on. I'm not done making my point because I'm, I'm pretty sure that you didn't listen or understand the point here. So we justify power structures. We tend to have more, we give post hoc rationalizations for why people are in the places they are. And, and this is true, we don't like information that might harm our self image. If, you want to call that something other than white fragility that's fine but that's essentially what it is it's bog standard psychology it's not questioned in the field and it's not an impugning on anybody's moral character like people think seem to think it is 
basic stuff. I, then I don't understand why you're on that side of the debate. You should be on this side. I don't understand well, why. Hold on, no, agree. because I don't the, understand why you agree to speak in the affirmative for a debate is white fragility real when you don't you want, want me to, to tell you a third time. And all hold on. Do you want me to tell you a third time? You can attempt. Fair. To be fair. I do want to give my like, a chance. But you can attempt to be patronizing if you like, but I think what is quite crystal clear from listening to you is that you went on a long and somewhat persuasive uh, uh, diversion about uh, about slavery and its legacy, but you haven't really um, defended now, the thing you know you're what, uh, here to defend. Do you know what an analogy is? So the concept you of... You want to try that again have a real conversation? Do you sure. know what an analogy is? I mean, come on. So no, no. What do you think the purpose of bringing up the like modern global slavery? What do you think the purpose of that was? I'm not asking you to speak to me like um, a school teacher rearranging her charges oh, crayons. I I could I'm be a terrible. You, no, I had intent there. I can Is it okay to interrupt now? Your rules, not mine. Sorry, buddy. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Your rules, not mine. I'm attempting to be polite. I'm attempting to engage with you. I I'm, threw out most of my opening because you haven't respected the debate question. Now you're not respecting your interlocutor by being patronizing and rude. And now you're breaking your own rules by interrupting me when you just scolded me for doing the same. It makes me wonder whether you're I did I, in faith. You just did it again. It makes me wonder whether you're here in good faith at all. All right, so maybe I'm a terrible writer or I speak too fast. No, or... you're not a bad writer. But no, because it's it it quite nicely written. Okay, I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to, so I had an intent with that analogy, and you seem to think it didn't have anything to do with the topic at hand. So, again, I could be a terrible writer, but let me, sh let me walk you through my intent with this. Bringing up okay. the global slavery position, that, that analogy, is to say that you probably do things unknowingly that help to propagate a terrible system, an unjust system. And if you're, like, if someone comes up to you and says, you're contributing to slavery. You're a terrible person. You're probably going to be defensive about it. This doesn't seem to be very, you know, controversial. Just like white fragility, if you say that, uh, come up to a white person and say, hey, you're contributing to the, you know, propagation of a white supremacist system, they're probably not going to listen to you very much. That's all that is. That's basic standard psychology. What I would like to do, because that we is a real are. thing, yeah, and that's a real thing, and if you if she had called it something else, we wouldn't care about it, but we, we're calling it white fragility, so we'll call that thing, you know, uh, criticizing white people for their continued role in the propagation of white supremacy. We'll call that resistance, the idea, white fragility if we want to. But all this is trying to do is try to reframe the question and say, like, hey, systems are important. The same system that keeps black people down is the same system uh, – you're not – you're a part of that same system as well, and you have exactly as much individual agency in it. So that doesn't mean we can't affect change. That doesn't mean individual actions aren't important. That doesn't mean person-to-person -person interactions aren't important. I think it's stupid that you know, uh, well, we think we can fix racism by hiring more HR managers. I think that's stupid, uh, but it's just a, a way to reframe the conversation to have healthier, more productive dialogues. Let's get well, it to my so for three to four minutes. Wasn't it? Uh, your, your attempt to reframe as a resounding success. So I think you're top marks for that one. Um, if you yeah, why would I want to defend a book I didn't write? Let's you seem well. That's what you're here to do uh, because you agreed to because you agreed to defend the uh, <laughs> you you agreed to defend the premise of the book. You silly man. And I and I did uh, like so I did successfully. Well, it you, seem, like. you seem you seem to be saying that you agree that white fragility um, is real, but only in the in the sense of a 
of a sort of collection of generalities drawn from different disciplines, one of which is uh, what you call basic psychology. Um, so you would presumably also agree um, that there is a, a sort of black fragility too, uh, let's say, which can exhibit, uh, which which can uh, um, manifest itself in a sort of brittle self-esteem, burning down towns, uh, screaming and shouting in the street. Uh, when, you know, with, with insufficient pandering or at the slightest of provocations, uh, looting stores, it seems to me to be quite a powerful, quite a persuasive uh, uh, thing and, and subject to all the usual normal rules of basic psychology. It seems to me that we're not really suffering in America in 2020 uh, through an epidemic of white fragility so much as we are black fragility black brittleness, perhaps, uh, perhaps even black pugnaciousness. So uh, if, if you want to sort of, you know, zoom out to the level of these grand generalities, I think you're going to find that white people come out quite well from all this. I mean, let's well, Why do you think that is? Hold on, why do you think that is? Why do you think, uh, and if we zoom out and look at the system, why do you think that white people are doing better than black people? If we were to zoom out, well, like you just suggested. I had, I had granted you already that some of your um, historical analysis I cannot allow to. That's all right. Um, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about, uh, about some of the assertions you make, but um, it's not surprising in a majority white country founded by white people who um, you know, brought people over against their will and who have shockingly unsuccessfully when set against other countries that used to have um, slavery systems of, of the same sorts of people in the same sorts of places, uh, America has done appallingly badly in a way that Britain, for instance, seems to have done really rather remarkably well. Uh, and that seems to me entirely a product of the same kind of careerist race, race baiting uh, that Robin DiAngelo is engaging in. Uh, it is a product of, of people aggressively attempting to keep the race business alive. And the great tragedy of this, when it's married with um, injustices in the, criminal, in the criminal justice system, which I agree with you exists, uh, where it's married with horrible things that have been done to black people, like moving them all up into these disgusting, depressing, windowless blocks of, uh, you know, of, of concrete hell in Chicago. Um, you know, all these things are dreadful, designed to break the human spirit. They're, they're, they're ghastly. Um, but it seems to me as though we've kind of reached a point where it's time to stop allowing yourself to be, if you're, if you're growing up black in America now, it seems to me it's a point to stop allowing yourself to be handed a victimhood script and use what are undeniably probably, you know, still little lingering vestiges of whatever, stop using it as an excuse to behave abominably. Because not only is there an extraordinary, um, just, just rank civil disobedience to the point of abject and disgusting criminality happening on the street everywhere, which I have to say is, you know, like all left-wing movements that pretend to be for people of color, it's mainly driven by rich white people. Just, um, dude, you're taking also, a long time to say that you think the answer to the problem is that black people should just act better. That's that's a way that you could have taken that entire thing and like condensed it into the so, actual so, point so, that you're making. So, okay, so, so now we're interrupting and answering for each other. Is, is, that, is that right? Am I allowed to do that to you too? You said we have reached the point where black people should just behave better. No, I, I asked you a question. I said, uh, am I allowed to interrupt you and you attempt to summarize wait, your points for you? Wait, hold on. Yeah, absolutely. Interrupt me anytime I go on for a while. So, so you the, think that, so that was a rule the, that so, I said? So the rules, 
Well, you scolded me for interrupting you, which sort of implied that you didn't. Well, I guess I'm just stronger than you, not... and just and can keep talking. So, well, uh, what is? Can you sum up what you were trying to say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting you. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. So, can you sum up what you were trying to say here? What What is this snark coming from? And I just it's like you, you've come into this with. I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. See. No, some of your, I'm literally Justin, trying Justin, to get you back Justin, to talking about the topic. My feelings, I don't know. I've never like, hurt my feelings. I've never heard of you. I don't know who you are. You have, you have, you have no power to hurt my feelings. I'm trying. Yet I here showed, you are. I showed okay. up prepared to have a serious debate on on the subject matter, and you tried to do a sort of clever weasel dodge with your. Well, then it's, get it's back to talking about the subject. It is kind of talk about the subject. Come on. You don't want to talk about it. Um, then get back to talking about the subject. I've hear, asked you like right, three times now. Right. If, you, if, you, if you agree with the underpinning principles as you seem to behind the theory of white fragility, then do you also agree that we have a problem with black brittleness or black pugnaciousness? Because you can grow up in the poorest neighborhood uh, in the world, but shouldn't you still know that murder is wrong? And shouldn't you still know that the stealing is wrong? And is there any justification in 2020 America um, for the way that black people behave? Do you think that they just don't know that murder is wrong? No, I think they do know, but they do it anyway, and that's precisely my point. Why would they do that? Why would you do something that's wrong, Because I even though you know it's wrong? Uh, well, once again, I think we find the blame laid at the feet of white liberals here. Uh, I think that um, if you look at the Clinton crime bill that destroys the black family, rips dads out from homes for the uselessly, trivially... Uh, 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 I, I, um, you know, hysterically stupid sin of having a blunt or having some weed at home. I mean, it's almost unconscionably wicked that we can't, in ways we can't even really fully appreciate. Um, the black, the destruction of the black family at just the moment in history when it looked like black America was taking a really positive uh, turn upwards was done by the left. Um, that welfare dependence, which has done so much to destroy uh, any sort of uh, um, uh, any sort of aspiration. In a lot of in a lot of underprivileged communities, it must be said, but it's hit hit blacks hardest, pushed most aggressively by white liberals. The way that um, black cities are policed, hands off rather than as what we we know stuff that works because it was tried in New York under Giuliani and, and whatnot, you know, which keeps people alive and 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 gets the murder rate down. No, instead this sort of hands off, touchy feely pol policing or obviously there will be a slice of people who even though they know something's wrong will do it if they know they can get away with it um and and unfortunately that's the sort of situation that we find these very disaffected um troubled young fatherless black men who will it seems pretty much do whatever they think they can get away with enabled by and supported by and funded by a white liberal establishment which you know says all the right things about black people but what it does seems to sabotage and injure them every turn Okay, so let me ask you a question. We have all these white liberals uh, putting out crime bills that destroy communities. There's a war on drugs that destroys these communities. The left and welfare dependents destroy aspiration, the hands-off policing, put all these kids in jail. These disaffected, troubled young men are just put into a position where they're likely – they're just not likely to succeed. Do you think that mm. – how dumb would you have to be to have your solution to this problem be, well, the individuals should just make better choices? Uh, it wasn't my solution. No, I'm not saying. No, I'm talking about this is the concept of white fragility because a big portion of white people, uh, and this is not a left or right thing. Liberals uh, and the left and all this stuff will do it too. Well, mm -hmm. not the left, but you know what I mean. Will look at that and say, "Well, 
it can't be because of systemic racism. A lot of people still deny systemic racism and systemic racism are, are the things that you're talking about, right? All those factors that you know, were out of their control, mostly due to white people because white people just have historically been in charge. So why do you think a bunch of white people, because we are talking about white fragility, deny the existence of systemic racism and just expect individual black people to overcome their circumstances? Why do you think that is? I think perhaps because um, a lot of whites don't have a, um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think a lot of, especially wealthy white liberals who push all of the stuff that I was just talking about, I don't think they know black people. I don't think they grow up in those neighborhoods. I don't think they really have much of an idea what it is to grow up black in America. I, I think that sometime later in life, when they uh, acquire a worldview typically, you know, at, at university, and they suddenly discover these, you know, what in their view are kind of like mistreated uh, uh, magical creatures. They suddenly want to go out and save them all, like they're whales or like they're. Uh, Again, the you know, question was other uh, aspect of the. But the question was, why do you think they deny systemic racism? Can I continue? You want, why don't you just answer you, for me? It'd be a lot easier for both of us. I'm, no, I'm perhaps asking you, perhaps, why do you think they I deny systemic racism? Con, maybe, I want to, maybe I want to provide some context to the question you're asking. Okay. Um, if, you, if you keep doing this, we cannot have a conversation. We just can't. Okay. We can't have a Again, conversation. you can interrupt me. This, if you isn't, like. this isn't a conversation. This is this is this is you know you're you're attempting some sort of peculiar interrogation. Not really. I asked what you I, a question. Do you think conversations don't have sec. questions in them? Apparently, not knowing what I believe in the first place, and then interrupting no. me and telling me what my answer is. That's not a conversation, and we can't what? proceed. I in asked you a question. Dude. Okay. Going I'm to sorry. go okay. nowhere. Just just one sec. One sec. Okay, so let's give Milo like a maybe two to three minutes uninterrupted um, in in the same way and then we'll come right back you no know, i mean maybe you've seen other conservatives recently who show up and kind of machine gun people and talk over them well that's not my style so if you came prepared to win on those grounds i mean i'm sorry you got the, you got the wrong guy um i prefer to have a civilized discussion if you don't want to do that and you insist on these behaviors that disrupt and and destroy any uh possibility of, of us of us you know finding common ground or talking about something substantive i don't see the point of being here so it's up to you. I mean, you can either straighten the fuck out, or it's better that we have this debate with someone else. It's really okay. up to you. But right. I, what I would like, what I would like you to do, what I would like you to do, is commit to dropping the fucking snark because it's not making you look good and it's not helping us discussion get anywhere. So drop the attitude, drop the bad behaviors, and treat me as I have treated you because otherwise there's just no point in being here. I got things to do. It's a lovely sunny day. I can skip down the beach and have a nice day. This is this is not worth my time if you're not going to have a respectful discussion and you have oozed disrespect from the opening seconds of this discussion. If you are prepared to cut that shit out, I'm prepared to continue. The ball is in your court. Do you remember the question? All right, I guess the answer is no. Um, no, I'm asking you to get back no, on track, I think, dude. I think, I think it's clear the answer is no, so uh, I don't know. I, I, should, 
I'll just talk okay. about some things I think well, are interesting. How's that? Uh, I've, I made dude, some I, notes about. Uh, try, uh, well, I, I made some notes about the subject we're here to talk about. Now, which is now what hold on. You don't want to well, now, I just gave you one interesting You're not, and you feel threatened. It's proof of white fragility. Hey, James, I think it's my turn to talk. Maybe you're not. Oh, I think we're well past any of that, aren't we? We're. Let's go back to. Hold on one sec, gents. Just because I'm trying to remember. So. We, I do think Milo was trying to speak, and then Milo was describing your intrusion on that. And so I, I do want to, if we go back to the original question, I'm also going to allow Milo to kind of cover these new points that he wants to bring up, just so we can cover more ground than what we've covered so far. So it wasn't the answer? It wasn't the answer I was going to give, which requires context. But I'll give you a different one I can give quicker because Mr. Jingles doesn't apparently like to hear me speak for more than 35 seconds. Um, the answer, very simply, I think, uh, is that people. Uh, one answer, anyway, it's my sort of secondary backup answer, although I perhaps think it's. it's possibly more true. Um, abnegation of personal responsibility um, is really a question ultimately uh, um, about sin. And it is a question of, of uh, to what extent we are individually responsible, irrespective of the inclement weather, let's say, around us for our own moral choices. There is something wrong in the black community in America, and it is partly a product of an inheritance of, you know, racism and slavery and all the rest of it and it's partly not and it's that partly not that nobody's figured out yet and i think the left wants to say that uh there's no there there and that the racism covers all of it when quite clearly it doesn't because it doesn't explain everything it doesn't explain it all um, nobody's quite worked out what it is that's lingering what's that slice left when you control for everything you know and this pops up in a number of different debates in different contexts and different stuff about 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 race um, there's a problem there and is it is it is it a is it a a sort of social dysfunction is it the is it ingrained uh, self-indulgent um, and, and, and sinful and self-destructive behavior that is being propagated by black popular culture, which since the great ladies of, you know, the, the, the late Billie Holiday and Nina Simone or whatever, black culture has been on a steady crash down to the seventh circle of hell, talking about, you know, money, drugs, sex, prostitution. And, you, know, so you, you wonder how much worse can it get? How much more unhealthy and self-destructive can the behaviors that black popular culture is encouraging people to participate in, how much worse can they possibly get? And then they do, then Cardi B shows up. Um, it's probably all of those things. As to the question of why white people are, you know, think the solution is just to, to, for black people to just start behaving better. Well, to a great extent, it is the solution. And a lot of the problem of the black community, a lot of the problems black people have are of their own making. For instance, by continuing to vote Democrat. If they voted Republican in some of their cities, they would find fewer of their cousins dead. But the problem is, because the civil rights movement and much of this, you know, is engineered by white liberals, um, have encouraged blacks to see uh, their votes as being part of a community block vote and have made it sort of socially toxic to not vote Democrat. Blacks are locked in because of social pressures, largely, to voting for a party that no longer serves their interests. So if you're, if you're trying to goad me into saying black people are responsible for, for all of their problems, um, I, will I will at least say black people are responsible in 2020 for the vast majority of their own problems, yes. And, and uh, is there something shameful or wrong about insisting that people who know murder is wrong stop doing it? People who know stealing is wrong stop doing it? No, you are reducing the agency 
of black people by suggesting that because they have inherited this racism, they've inherited this structural this, that, and the other, they are in some way justified to behave that way. They're not. And you're also suggesting that because of this inheritance, they somehow lose the power to say no. Like they lose the power to, to they, they, like they lose their self-control or they lose their impulse control because their great, 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 great granddad was a slave and because they grew up in a, in a crappy neighborhood. That's insane. That's racist. Uh, and yes, I very firmly do believe. I, I ver Sorry, I don't know what that was, but uh, I, 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 I very firmly do believe that the that, that, that uh, real reform for the black community cannot be imposed from outside. It has to be reimposed from inside with with a, a renewed focus on personal responsibility because. Uh, wallowing in these victimhood narratives obviously isn't working. And the best way to do that is to lean into the one thing black America does have in common with Republicans, which is the church. We'll jump in with a response from Justin. Roughly four all minutes right. just to keep it equal. The floor is all yours, Justin. Cool. How long was that? About four minutes. Four minutes. Okay. The question that I asked you was that given all of these systemic problems that you described, imposed by the left or not, that black people face, why do white people deny systemic racism? That was the question. Did you forget? You're still doing it. Yeah. You didn't you're, answer you're anything that I said. You went on this giant... Four it, oh, now I'm oh, talking. Oh. I get four minutes, buddy. Supposing, I get four on, minutes, buddy. Okay, so, Supposing that's true. Hold on, I get four minutes, buddy. Okay, isn't it, isn't it frustrating when people second. show up and answer okay, completely so, different questions with the one set? Um, well, yes, it is. If you, so what we'll do is we'll we'll give four minutes to Justin. Justin, when you do yeah. ask him, when you do ask him a question, yeah, though, like he's it. probably going right. to respond. So all right. So at so I asked the question: Why do you think, given the undeniable systemic racism that has gone on in the black community, why white people still why, why white people still deny that it's a thing and, ex and expect they just know, even though the problem was not individual black people, individual black people should be the solution. And his answer was abdication of personal responsibility, sin, to what extent are we individually responsible? There's something is wrong in the black community. The left wants to say racism is the cause, but no one's figured out the cause. There's a problem here. Black culture has been on a steady crash. How much worse can it get? Cardi B or something. To a great extent, the solution is for individual black people uh, to get their act straight. Black people are responsible for the vast majority of the problems. Does this sound like it answered this, my question as to why white people deny systemic racism? I don't think- Why do, is, I'm not done talking, buddy. Why do white people deny systemic racism? I would like you to answer the question. Oh, I think it has become quite clear. We're not buddies. Um, I, I don't know if they, I don't know if any white person I, they do. I, I, I don't think I've ever. We do have to give him a chance any, to respond, Justin. I don't know if any white person says that there is zero legacy from slavery, that there is no structural racism. I don't know any white people who say that there is nothing in anywhere in the criminal justice system which is unfair to black people. I don't know these people. I don't know who they are. I've never heard of them. There's, they're not on Fox. I don't know who those people are. But to the extent, you know, to the, the, this hypothetical person that you're talking about says it doesn't exist, they're wrong. Uh, does it exist? Yes, a little bit. Is it, has it, however, got much more to do with a sort of moral putrefaction in uh, black culture and society aided by white liberals? Yes. So if, if conservatives, if Republicans or whatever, whatever your, your uh, Beelzebub is, um, 
don't talk about it, don't acknowledge it or react poorly to it, I would prefer to think that really they just think it's not as important really as compared with the other. And I, I honestly, I cannot, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about the most racist people I've ever met in my um, reporting career. And I have encountered, unfortunately, some really truly gruesome people, uh, um, you know, over the last 10 years. And I can't think of a single person who's ever said to me, black people have absolutely zero inheritance from any of this. And uh, everything, everything they have is, is, uh, uh, better than whites. I just don't think the person that you're suggesting actually exists. Oh my God. <laughs> they don't exist. That's your, that's your answer right there. Dog. Who, who were like Ben Shapiro? Dog. Dave Rubin. Yeah, dog. D-A-W-G. I'm sorry. Sorry that, okay. I'm sorry if that makes you upset. Or, or laughs. If I, I'm happy if it makes you laugh. If it makes what you happy, this, I'm happy. What is this obsession so, of hurting ben my Shapiro, feelings? I mean, I, 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 I Ben Shapiro. Now, uh, now we know that me talk. Are you used to? Observer, I'm actually you, wondering if you ever had a conversation. Might, with might that. imagine. I'm actually you, wondering that your primary motivation okay. here was to, to, was to like score points instead of have a discussion, which is very okay. So we're gonna kick it over to Justin and then maybe for like two or three minutes and then we'll kick it back over to Milo. Go ahead, Justin. Are you serious when you, okay, now this is a rhetorical question. It's not an actual question. Are you serious when you say people don't do this? Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, even Sam Harris, you know, what do you mean big by four. Do you... Now I'm talking, buddy, come well, on. Let's let's give maybe like two or three minutes. You just ask me a These question. These IVW people who are serious like... thought leaders, I mean, you, they no. cannot deny their popularity, and you cannot tell me that their popularity is because no one thinks like them. I will well, not accept bar, that explanation. All right, thought, I am still talking. Let's, let's hear the rest. Let's hear the rest. Now, because, now, this people, now, this absolutely does exist, and let me answer my question with something that might be actually grounded in reality. The reason people want to deny systemic racism is bog standard psychology, which is what I said in my opening statement, which is white fragility. I have addressed it countless times, despite countless accusations from you saying that I haven't addressed it. You just can't accept the fact that there's a lot of data supporting it, and it's not a very controversial topic. You just wanted to make this well, about how the left are actually the people who are – just You just wanted to make this about how the left are the responsible. So, so the reason people – uh, especially white people, and this is primarily a white thing, not because of any inherent genes on white people, because white people are evil, just because we happened to be the majority group in society, and we happen to have a history that has you know, pushed us at the, uh, to the top of the hierarchy and kept us there. So the reason for this is because we believe in a just world. And as Americans, it's one of our big ethos, you know, freedom, liberty, we believe in a just world. And we believe that people have control over their own actions and that the, your actions cause the fate that you are in. The problem with this is that it often works backwards. You give post hoc rationalizations. Instead of having a linear period of time where a, you can see a bunch of things happening and that's what led to where this person is now, you almost never see that. You see rioting and looting. You see terrible neighborhoods. You see high crime statistics. And instead of thinking, I wonder if there was something that caused this, no, you work backwards and give a post hoc rationalization. So we'll say, well, they're in this terrible position, but it must be because they deserve to be there. And I think we saw that. And because it's such box standard psychology, it's really not a surprise that you gave the same speech that all of these conservative people are giving that actually it's their faults. And they sh and you know, even though white Americans at the top of the hierarchy are the ones who are like 
are the reason for the historical uh, circumstances that led to this current situation, somehow we shouldn't be the ones to fix the problem that we caused. We shouldn't invest in education there. We shouldn't invest in you know, better uh, social programs to help a bunch of underprivileged people. We shouldn't invest in more social safety nets to make sure that people have better environments, to buy better things, to make sure that you know they're not going to be in this terrible situation anymore. No, it should just be black people should just act better on an individual level. I don't know how level. you can say that when I said that I was open to reparations. I don't know how you can possibly claim that. And I don't know how that, you can... And to say that I have... and to I don't know how you can make that stupid assertion when I just... When I said that I was open to reparations depending on how it was spent. I don't think that you can credibly characterize my responses as having very much to do at all with how other conservatives think about this. I don't think it's uh, uh, remotely plausible or true to say I gave the same speech as the rest of them. Uh, I think that's nonsense. Um, you know, if, if you if you think that uh, these sort of general uh, these general psychological principles uh, hold true, then presumably, thankfully, that you'll, you'll have all kinds of other sorts of fragility. We'll, we'll get, get, talk to us talk to us about uh, Mexican fragility. What would that be like? Because you seem to say this is all universal principles everyone's subject to. Talk, what, what would Mexican uh, fragility look like? What well, does it look like? Oh, well, that's actually a really interesting concept because when mm -hmm. I told you earlier that people tend to justify the power systems that they've been placed into, that applies to everybody, not just the people on top, but the people on the bottom as well. Because those values, I'm not done. Those values, I'm not done. Those values trickle down into all aspects of society. If you believe that we're in a just system and you just happen to be placed at the bottom, you're more likely to try to justify the system regardless of how actually just and equitable it is. So that's what that would look like. The same principle in the same society applying to everyone, right. not I, just white people, but also think, all people of color. Answer, I don't think that was the question about Mexican. I actually answered the question but, quite directly. Um, but uh, so, so, so presumably that would hold for black athletes uh, who dominate in almost every sport. Uh, that would hold for uh, yep. black pop stars, I guess. Mm -hmm. All that. So they all have their own version of fragility based on their uh, their their privilege in those respective professions. Is that right? Yep. We wouldn't call it black fragility because they didn't get there because they were black. Didn't they? No. Didn't they? Are you seriously suggesting that there are some of the black pop stars who are currently uh, uh, actually no? Are they say... merit? Are you actually, seriously? Are you on, seriously? Actually... Are you seriously suggesting that there is something about Cardi B of musical talent or creative merit? that suggests that she should be where she is. Are you really saying there's anything to her other than her skin color? Let's hear if, from if, Jingles. If, if so, you risk being laughed out of the room. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> why haven't, why hasn't every black person been to the top of the music charts then if it's just because of her skin color? There's gotta be, you're saying that there's nothing else there other than her skin color, and I'm the one gonna be laughed out of the room? But that, that's but that insane. That and actually, when you are rich, hold on, I'm, again, I'm not done, buddy. You gotta let me talk. These rich black celebrities, yes, they do have the same psychological principles. They are extremely rich, they got really lucky, because that's how you get rich. A lot of it has to do with luck. A lot of it has to do with being in the right place at the right time. A lot of it has to do with being discovered by people. Yeah, a lot of that is luck. It's okay. not a pure meritocracy. <laughs> I mean, how do you think so? The right person has to promote you. That promotion has to be good. And you know what? They will think that they earned their place more so than they probably actually did. 
everybody does. When I say this applies to everyone, I meant it because these are bog standard psychological principles. Let's, all right, we'll kick it back over to Milo for those points. What is the point of any of this? There's nothing to do with what we showed up to debate. What is the point of this conversation? I'm starting to think that as well. I've shown up to try to be courteous and gentlemanly, and I'm being called buddy as though I were a fucking dog. Um, and, and, and we're having discussions about sort of, you know, like just, we're sort of bouncing from race issue to race issue, um, you know, with this sort of uh, uppity patronizing jerk. And uh, I just don't know what I'm here for. We honestly. can do, why don't we do summary, quick wrap up statements? We'll go to QA as it has <laughs> admittedly Ma- wandered. I mean, a bit. Can, can we, can we, uh, maybe we could just switch away from what is obviously not working. Um, and, and maybe just uh, have questions from, from people who are watching and, and, and perhaps just, you know. If he doesn't want to give I'll, a closing statement, I'll give mine. Talky, no, I can't be bothered. You're not worth it. Uh, I, I, I'd rather just deal with questions from, from, uh, from people in the public. Feel free to have my time too. I don't care. I wasn't even talking I think, to you. I think that we... No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just fucking exhausted by you. So, so just, just um, do whatever you want. I'm much more interested in questions people are asking in the comments. What we'll do is, given that we didn't have any formal closings, we can go into the Q&A. Let's see. I think we had kind of the last uh, points there, like I said, come from Justin, and we'll jump into these questions. So thanks, folks, for your questions. We're going to jump into these and get through as many as we possibly can. Thanks for your first one from Sigifredo Sarabia. Thanks, said Jangles. There are implications. By the way, as we mentioned, Super Chat, some of these are just comments. Said Jangles or Justin, there are implications if a white male calls it, quote, fragility, and their wife or white uh, girlfriend calls it white supremacy. Would that say something about the white community when comparing to others? Say that one more time. I didn't understand that either. Me neither. We're going to move to the next one. Flamenco, thanks for your question, said, thoughts on the Chinese term, Biazo which means white left in regard to white leftist race relations that spawned outside of historical and narrative context. I don't know of any sort of like broad systemic relations that have no cultural or historical context. Gotcha. Cree Rose, thanks for your question, said it's called people fragility, not white fragility. And they said, nobody likes to reflect on their own flaws. Like you, for example, you're using a slave-made CPU, sir. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, almost definitely. Yeah, there are sla- there's slave labor in there. I don't know if this person realizes that they agree <laughs> with my entire proudly. point. Yeah, no, I'm saying this is my entire point. What I'm saying is I am a part of a system where it was extremely unlikely that I was going to be able to avoid things that probably contribute to a system I would find objectionable. And so it's really dumb to feel personally responsible, but you can work to uh, make a better system in which this doesn't happen anymore. This This person is agreeing with my entire thesis This is the the ultimate expression of white liberal privilege is to say black people deserve all this free shit, White people did it, and white people are awful. But I don't have to give anything up because hold on, oh, I've got, because I've got hold no on. to participate in this. Hold on, so right. no, they've created goods. You actually didn't understand oh, anything. Right. This is incredible. Let's, let's, I thought you were a great back. interlocutor, and you were just incredibly right. terrible. Right. At this. Forgive me, guys. I do have you on mute. So, 
they what we'll do is we'll jump we'll jump into uh we did have a response there from let's see we had one from milo so we'll give uh jangles a fair shot to respond because i think the super chat was originally targeting him and then we will go into the next one a short and pithy response justin okay so this person you're almost agreeing with me it's just that when you realize that maybe you do do things that do end up harming other people you tend to get real squirrely like some people get really squirrely and just say that as, as self-flagellation i just want to feel like i'm terrible but no there's a system here it's not up to individual actions it's a collective <laughs> action it needs a systemic fix and you can advocate that by paying attention and being informed on issues advocating for policies and positions that help to fix them and just being a more informed consumer yourself must be moving to the next but one in the, but but in the meantime you'll take the slave chips got it <laughs> what a scumbag next i'm, I'm absolutely i'm actually terrible yeah in, in the meantime i agree with you I'm, I'm must, pretty, I'm we must awful. move on to the next one guys i hate to do that but Got sunflower it. says jangles why did you volunteer to defend a concept if you're tossing out the unique ideas in the book and instead defending white privilege or systemic racism to be fair like Thank the, you. to be fair that the technically the the debate was about you could say white fragility more broadly. So not just Robin D'Angelo's book, but I'll let you respond to that, Jangles or Justin. Yeah, because it's called white fragility, but the actual concepts behind it, like I said, are just bog standard uh, normal psychology, all right? These are not controversial in the fields. Now, but that provocative title, I really don't understand why people don't realize that she called it that specifically to get all the attention it's getting currently right now conservatives got upset and then liberals noticed conservatives getting upset about it and it's this amazing cycle of media attention is the reason it's been brought to this uh, forefront and it's just normal theory with some crappy anecdotes sprinkled in she's not a very good writer well, like this book would not have gotten the attention because it's without the anecdotes it's here? pretty boring why did, why did you agree to show up what are we doing here why did you say yes to this? If you had come willing to engage on substance, I might have said, for instance, okay, well, let's talk about white fragility. I'd quite like to, uh, to talk about uh, white resilience. I think it's absolutely remarkable the almost you know, non-existent extent to which white people don't retaliate the things that are done to them, whether it's crime rates, the way they're spoken about in the media and all the rest of it. But instead you wanna conduct this sort of like uh, meta-analysis about the media furor, not answer the question, patronize me. I mean, it's just a fucking waste of my time. What a joke this is. Next question we have from our father in the green says, as much as I want to partially agree with Milo on personal responsibility, does Jangles think that there can be both a fusion of systemic reforms and community organizing to prevent youth falling, regardless of party preference? Yeah. Gotcha. And let's see, we have another question from, this one comes from the Chad who says, question for Jangles and then Milo. They said, since the topic of white fragility is real, what is it? I think we probably got that, but said, and what is your proof of white fragility? And then they asked Milo, please uh, give a response in kind. So I guess we'll give uh, you a, a quick chance to answer what it is justin and your proof of it okay we'll do it again white fragility is a provocative name for the concept that 
groups in power and put into a powerful system. You okay? It's not what white fragility is. You're talking about structural racism or, or systemic racism. No, it's I'm not. not actually, no, I'm not. About. Hold on, I'm not. It's not what people mean by this term. Oh, let's see. Okay. It's not yeah. what okay. it means. What was okay. your proof of it? Uh, we'll give you a chance, Justin. Uh, proof. So I have a few. So you can't even define it. How's he going to prove it? Define it? Okay. You want me to like, make it? it you, you want me to make it a real short term? White <sighs> fragility is short a. Short the better, please. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, that's incredible. Come from you. Uh, so white fragility is a provocative title for a concept in psychology that people will tend to justify power systems and not take personal responsibility for their propagation of them. And just in the, just by historical chance, that happens to be white people are on top, uh, other groups tend to be towards the bottom, and you know we still propagate that system unwillingly sometimes, and we don't like being told that we're part of it. Gotcha. They did ask for a chance from from Milo to respond. We'll give you a shot, Milo, if you'd like. This is what we've, we've, we've been doing the same circle for an hour. I gotcha. I think that's all you get, <laughs> the Chad. Thanks for your question from Brenton Langle. Thank you for your question. It says, literally everyone but the 1% is locked into a voting block for a party that does not represent them. There is no choice, only the illusion of it. Why do you think either of those parties uh, serves the interests of, of the super rich? I presume that's what you mean by the 1%, uh, uh, because they don't necessarily or consistently, and, and, and indeed they have to constantly jockey for the favors of the super rich, which is why you've seen very wealthy people switch from Republican to Democrat in the last, uh, 20, uh, last 10 to 20 years, because they're not happy with either. I don't think the, uh, the political class serves anybody um, perhaps especially the people at the very top and the very bottom. Gotcha. This question from Nick says, Jangles, why didn't you write, quote, white fragility when it really inconvenienced Milo's arguments? I think they mean... I don't know. My only guess is... I, I, genu I genuinely don't understand what that's asking. Gotcha. Sorry. We'll move to the next one. Carolyn... Dr. Carolyn Borisenko, thanks for your question, says, as an actual psychologist, I just want to point out that there are no sources in white fragility to back up the main premise of the book. Look at the references in the back. There are hardly any. I know. I seriously read this entire book. I hated every second of reading this book because I had to do so much research outside of it. I had to find, I had to like look at like, try to guess what she was trying to say, go to Google Scholar, then go to Sci-Hub to find out all these. Like it was horrendously written from an academic perspective. I had to look up it, all um, of this stuff. Did it occur to you at all to bring any of that research with you today? Uh, uh, on yeah. a day where we were in fact supposed to be talking about Yeah, would you like me to name the individual studies that I take, took notes on right in front of me? Um, well, I know that's done you much profit. Oh yeah, so the main one that I was talking about, from social inequality to personal entitlement. The that role, was a polite uh, social... way of saying no, actually. Oh, I, I don't okay. think it's done you any good. But... So what? All right, sure. Never mind. I think it's done me quite Next, good. Next, we do have a question from Sigifredo Sarabia takes a second shot says well, if america was founded by whites justin where in history would you say whites became the victim of what they built and why is america no longer considered a melting pot to even begin to consider others can you ask that again 
I honestly don't think it's going to get better. I'm sorry, folks, but some of these are questions these, are these questions like uh, uh, or can you uh, uh, can, random, you... they randomly generated, don't they? These questions are coming <laughs> from some sort of algorithm. These so are real questions. Beings. Let's see. We do I have. I refuse to believe that your viewers are this incomprehensible. Let's see. We have jangles. Maybe, maybe this. Maybe this is the general standard of debate here. Maybe they're more in tune with my with my opponent uh, than they are with me. But because I, I don't understand either of them. We do have Sunflower asking, saying, Justin, it's selfish to volunteer to represent a topic that you have no intention of genuinely defending. There are people who fully support D'Angelo's book. Um, like I said, folks, there it was kind of about the definition more broadly, but I, I know, Justin, it seemed like you were willing to kind of... Well, actually, you No, the cons... I've said this so many times. The um... concepts, the main points of life fragility are fine. They're, like I said, they're basic psychology. That's all they are, but she- The problem is when you come in with an opening statement that is designed to do something clever and subvert the debate question, more often than not, it ends up derailing the whole discussion. No, it reframes the discussion. Well, yes. Yeah, you uh, were prepared to have a very different debate reframe, here, but yes, I, I think I framed to, it I was, I was prepared to have the debate that I was given, the debate that everybody showed up expecting to hear, the debate that is indeed the title on this video when people look down below mm -hmm. the image they see. And I've defended the concept that's what behind everybody it. Else was, that's what everybody else was here for. And I think everybody will be able to make their own judgments as to whether you came prepared to have that discussion. I Problem is, cannot wait try, until we do that. When you, try, when you try to be too clever rather than actually answering the question, it very often leaves people in a sort of cul-de-sac from which there's no escape. And that unfortunately is what has happened today. Um, and and it's, it's, it's something I've, it's a sin I've committed myself, I confess, in previous debates. I've um, done hundreds of these things over the years, uh, uh, hundreds of them you know, all over the place with all kinds of people, very smart people uh, and very stupid people. Um, and uh, viewers will decide for themselves um, uh, where, where exactly this falls. But uh, the, the piece of advice I can give you, sir, is... Um, when you do what you try to do, very often it just leaves everybody unsatisfied by the end of it. And if you are not prepared to vigorously and uh, full-throatedly uh, stick to the question and defend it, um, you shouldn't agree to the debate. And it makes one wonder whether the real purpose of this was uh, an attempt to score points off uh, a well-known uh, opponent rather than actually come and have a discussion about the real thing, which is dispiriting and disappointing. I don't know. If I wanted to score points off a well-known opponent, I don't think I would have picked you. up, we must keep moving. Here we go. Thanks. It's the smartest thing you've said all day. Tio got, thanks for your question, said, remember, let's see. <laughs> She said, remember how Milo said we shouldn't judge or make up social rules based on skin color, then said a woman only got famous because of her skin color. Give you a chance to respond to that, Milo. Uh, again, question is impenetrable, like a dense fog. Uh, I, I, I prefer that the central organizing principle of civilization be Christianity. And if it can't be Christianity, then um, the values that are typically uh, cited as the founding principles of America are, are an okay backup. Um, and uh, I don't think society should be organized along racial principles. If I then go on to criticize affirmative action, that seems to me entirely consistent with uh, the first statement. So I don't understand the question. Next up, the Red Elephants, thanks for your question, said, the 1994 bill did not lead to mass incarceration. This is a myth. Incarceration rates soared in the 70s. Black crime rates have quadrupled since the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Blacks need to change their culture, starting with fathers. 
Oh, I just want to point out the red elephants. Like uh, Vincent James is a Nazi, and this is not the liberal left thing. No, well, I he's a Nazi. A he's a Nazi. Who left he's a race realist. Who, he left no. you in the dust okay. when you debated him. So uh, he's a, he's sure a, I have no he, idea he, who I, this I, is. I, a... I, I happen to I happen not to agree with that characterization at all. But if yeah, you he is. Go, if you, uh, if let's you, let's I, trust I, Miles' characterization of Nazis. I'm sure everybody's going to take that seriously. I don't agree with that characterization. But if he is a Nazi, he's a Nazi bleeding on the side of the road. I don't know this person's background but just to be fair to their question james, they have a question oh, I, I do need to point this out they're challenging i'm sorry james you're really on quiet a, just a, on a historical basis yeah, they are challenging. i still can't hear you you serious can't, can't hear me at all yeah oh there he is there you yeah, go you yeah okay great thanks and their question was just challenging you on a historical point so if you do want to respond okay yeah on a historical point uh i have no idea what they're talking about Gotcha. <laughs> you can take that as a dig against me. I have no idea what they're talking about. Gotcha. All I know is that Vincent James himself thinks that uh, IQ in the military is going down because of diversity. And I think you should just Google the first article that comes up on that and to see what his rigor looks like. Gotcha. Crew Roberts. We can, we can probably sidestep the IQ question for today because we've done enough damage to, uh, um, to, to the patience of everybody watching. Um, but uh, certainly black fatherlessness um, whatever its clutch of etiologies, and clearly it is to do with more than just solely the Clinton crime bill, but whatever its cluster of etiologies, black fatherlessness is by far and away by a clear and enormous margin, uh, the root cause of the vast majority of problems in black America today, not always, but today. And the problem for that lay with the fathers. It's, it's, it's dads who don't stay. And you can say people are poor, people are this, people are that, but, I happen to believe that everybody knows that it is wrong to abandon the mother of your child and your child. And if you uh, decide to to scoot off and not stick around, you're a scumbag. Uh, what and is people this do virtue signaling from you. Let's let's uh. I'm, I'm let's not let aware of any, We'll come back to you. Uh, I, I'm not aware of doing that, but um. Uh, the, and and um. Whatever the you know whatever the inclement weather circumstances, I mean you know you could say that if somebody leaves the till open, uh, what do you people say the register? Somebody leaves the register open at work and there are no security cameras. I mean you could technically you know steal money and not get caught, but you still know it's wrong. You still know you shouldn't do it. Um, uh, black fatherlessness is the is is because it seems to be that black boys are crippled for life no matter what happens to them afterwards if they don't have a father at home. Um, what happens to black boys? as a result of black fatherlessness. I mean, fix that and you fix everything. You fix everything. And, and that has to start, yes, with individual black families. Give you a chance, a short and pithy chance to respond, Justin, then we gotta move to the next one. I have no idea how to respond to that. Gotcha. Hey, I got bored listening, so. Crew Roberts, thanks for your question, said, Milo, do you have a problem with colloquialisms or is it just quote, unquote, ghetto speak that you have a problem with? Uh. No, uh, my whole family is working class African American, and uh, um, it, my house is my house is full of that. And uh, no, I just I you know, I guess I'm just British, and when you show up to a debate, you try to speak in full sentences. That's all. Gotcha. I don't appreciate being called buddy by someone who who is already speaking to me like I'm a dog, uh, and to to, to then uh, add insult to injury by uh, implying that we're friends by calling me dog was just a, a British too far, unfortunately. Gotcha. And next question. This one comes Buddy in from our father, my two mistakes. our father in the green says, I do think it's flawed thinking, Milo, that Republicans, by virtue that they're not a neoliberal flavor of Democrat, 
that they are thus going to somehow do a better job? No, I never said that. Uh, I think I think Democrats have been malevolent and evil when it comes to blacks, and I think Republicans have been uh, ignorant and uh, and occasionally sort of cruel by omission or uh, um, uh, or simply simply ignorant. I think in many cases, uh, um, neither party has distinguished themselves in the way that they have uh, treated black people. You have one party that panders to what, uh, them while abusing them. The classic abusive relationship and you have another party that seems to go through these uh, waves of you know not giving a shit and uh kind of half-heartedly attempting to reach out um both of them seem to me to be uh to be uh, but both both of them have a lot to answer for gotcha so given that both parties in the united states either pander and abuse black people or go through ways of not giving a shit about black people i don't understand how individual actions and agency is going to fix this problem by itself. It seems well, like a systemic well, problem needs a systemic solution, wouldn't you agree? Well, a no. Uh, a politician, well, I mean, a politician who uh, sets policy or says bad things about you or promises you something doesn't deliver doesn't uh, justify me going out and stealing and robbing. Uh, and That's definitely just, just what I was because, And just because uh, a, a liberal brings in um, a... a just because there are structural problems in the criminal justice system doesn't mean, well, I'll smoke a blunt anyway, even though I know it's illegal, even though I'll probably go to jail because, you know, what the hell, I, I may as well just be bad if if, uh, um, if the whole world is unfair. No, you would... You would I don't know. Why people tend to do that a lot and they don't get you would caught. My, well, okay. You just, you just do a lot of generalization about races, which uh, some people find offensive, you know, which I don't think it's very helpful. Um, but, <laughs> that's but, why people smoke next, weed. We must and, go to the next and question. And that's racist. Alexander Nick, thanks for your question, says, how could you falsify the white fragility hypothesis? You know how important that is in science. It is not a hypothesis or theory, just a bad thesis. Oh, sure. So, so to falsify the white fragility hypothesis, as I presented it, you'd probably need to demonstrate that a, a significant portion of, uh, I guess, since it's the white fragility, specifically white people actually are informed about things. They actually don't get defensive when you uh, start to criticize their actions, and they don't take personal responsibility for systemic issues. Like they don't say, like they don't see an attack on systemic racism as an attack on their character. I think if you could show that with statistical significance, that would probably falsify the theory. Gotcha. And thank you for your question from Pants L. <laughs> Never gets old. Pants L. Jones asks, Jangles, how is your wife's boyfriend? And Brenton Langle, thanks for your question, says, says morality only applies when the person... Why didn't you let me answer that question? I was going to tell them. Gotcha. And Brendan Langle, uh, good to see you again, says morality only applies when the person could have reasonably done something else. 99% have no say in the system. We cannot be held morally responsible. It's mixing up a few different things there. Uh, you're not morally responsible for the law, perhaps, in a direct way, because you didn't write it. And if you're young, you may not have voted for it. But that doesn't mean that you don't know that certain things are simply wrong to do to one another. And in any case, the sort of earthly system of political rules and laws is quite a distinct thing from right and wrong, as I think we all know. Um, and, and uh, you know, uh, again, such an impossible question to, uh, it's such an impossible question to really understand. Gosh, and mm, Morior Invictus, thanks for your question, said, Jangles, you had an issue with blacks being denied their inheritance so shouldn't whites then be entitled the inheritance their ancestors won for them? 
all these are like, what do you mean by one? There's so many layers to this. Like, what does it mean to win your inheritance? This is that kind of that problem that we were talking about, right? If you already have something, you tend to give post hoc rationalizations for why you deserve it. You so, got him with that one. You got you did something I didn't do. You got him with that one. What now? No, I'm saying no, like, if, why, if, hold on. If, 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 I know you, you, you got are, him with that. If blacks should be able to inherit, why can't white people inherit the proceeds of colonialism and slavery? Answer. Answer? Because it, it was shitting on a specific group of people and we never fixed it. Did you think that was a gotcha? Did you think that was a hard question? If well, we believe in the concepts of like, racial equality know, and equity in general what, and freedom and liberty, we should probably be pretty it. concerned about the fact that we didn't offer it to this entire group of people on the basis of superficial characteristics. I know what I would say to it, but you, you started dissembling and just de you started deconstructing the question, uh, trying to buy time while you figured out what the fuck you were going to say. Well, but the projection on you is so insane. Such and such. Uh, no, it was just. It was just. It was, you could. Was oh my god! We know what he was doing when he was rambling about absolutely nothing earlier because he just projected it onto me. That's insane. Okay, let's next next question. I'm having so much fun right now. Bert Kreischer's fake laugh. Thank you for your question. Says Jangles is Jewish fragility bigger than white fragility, given the lobbying <laughs> and lawmaking they use to make any perceived criticism of them illegal. I think Milo wants to answer this one. Look at him go. Hey, it was for you, man. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Oh, you actually probably could say that, yeah. I'm, I'm happy. Now, yeah. now, hold on. Now, now, what I'm saying here is like, yeah. Well, if you're criticizing a group of people on the I, basis I, of something, like the same psychological principles apply. If I saw some data to support it, I don't know. From Milo as well. Feel, but I'm assuming he's not answering that question from, in good no, faith. Me, I'm assuming he wants to say that right. Jewish people well, are bad. Who, who, so. who, 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 who did say you take it over to Milo? Who good faith? Who cares if it's good faith? Um, uh, I, I feel, I'm afraid, con compelled by my um, by by my uh, upbringing to 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 pay him a compliment, um, although it goes against every instinct, uh, and and say thank you for answering that question honestly. Uh, it seems obvious to me that there's a, a, a huge um, uh, question here about quote unquote Jewish privilege. Now, uh, just to give it some context and seriousness, uh, because it matters. If you, I've recommended this book to, to people before, but the, the way I think properly to understand this subject is to read a book um, uh, called The Holocaust in American Life uh, by Peter Novick. And he basically talks about the reinvention of the Holocaust in the 1960s as um, a protection mechanism for Jewish interests. Uh, and also you know, the, the book sort of explains the birth of identity politics, the birth of victimhood culture as we know it. Uh, it's of course written by a Jew uh, about the way in which the Holocaust would sort of resurged in American public life in the 60s and onwards. Um, very interesting and fascinating. It is it, it clearly, and I say this as a sort of Jew-ish, like one of, you know, my, I was raised Catholic, but I, you know, te technically Jewish. Um, uh, and, I, you know, I, I, don't, I haven't seen much of this in my own family, but I have certainly seen a fuck of a lot of it in America. Um, there is absolutely a way in which um, the ADL and various other organizations sort of leap to shriek blue murder at phrases that at phrases and statements that don't seem particularly controversial to me. I mean, I hate to defend her, but you know, I think Ilhan Omar got it was on the wrong end of this from the ADL. And when I, I mean, some of the things she says are awful, but uh, when I actually looked at what she had said, it seemed to me completely unobjectionable. And there, I, th I think that that this sort of fake cries of anti-Semitism, it's sort of like the last unbreakable cultural taboo in American popular culture. 
um, and it does definitely insulate a lot of Jewish critics um, and Jewish people more generally from the consequences of their speech and their actions. I think it's absolutely real. Um, no one is a, more of a beneficiary of that than Jewish, conser Jewish conservatives. Oh, the question Jewish on Jewish fragility, who gets really upset when you Justin. say white fragility. Okay. One second. Well, because I don't see any of the same patterns for, there's no, there's no ADL for white people. Uh, there's no, you know, there's no, um, uh, there's, it's, 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 it's observably and obviously. All right, next question. Let's stop talking JQ stuff. Next. Yeah, fine, but. Next up, thanks for your question. Let's see. <laughs> this is the Chad making fun of me. Appreciate that, Chad. PL, thanks for your question. Said, okay, we appreciate you guys bringing this up. If it's true, I don't know if it's true. They said, Milo, the live chat moderators have been banning your fans and trashing you. Um, oh, you've gone out again. You've gone out again. Oh, sorry about that. Long story short, go. the moderators should be, one, only banning for hate speech. That's the only thing that will just ban without warning they should give a warning if somebody's harassing somebody and last is it's true the moderators will have their own opinions we hope that we have people from all walks of life as moderators so hopefully it at least balances it out but they're allowed to express their opinions tioga thanks for your question let's see said the music <laughs> industry doesn't have an affirmative action oh uh, or if you say so mate Gotcha. Sunflower. I actually wonder why people are so upset about the concept of affirmative action. If, like, systemic racism has stopped black people from getting into these positions, it why wouldn't you want to address? Why, no, because why wouldn't you want to address? Because it hurts black people. It doesn't work. It, it hurts black people by giving them jobs. I'm just going to give them jobs. Okay, look at the Harvard statistics. They won't any longer publish uh, about affirmative action given to black students. And it turned out that it was uh, that Harvard actually only really cared, and this is always how it works in practice, only actually really cared whether they had the right skin color, not whether they were uh, slave-descended American blacks who could do with a leg up because of the socioeconomic inheritances and slavery. No, all Harvard wanted was- Are you saying that maybe we should have a better system in place to actually address problems? Do you think that maybe uh, that would help a little bit? Well, Are you saying that because this one system didn't completely well, we, fix we the talk, problem we, that we shouldn't try to fix it at all, and there's just absolutely no reason to make sure that we correct the problems that we've, you know, put no, forth in the past? No, I, I didn't say any of those things. Oh, cool. Awesome. I'm glad you didn't do that, because that would be a very stupid thing to suggest. Glad you're exhausting. Gotcha. And next up, appreciate you your... work on your stamina, buddy. Appreciate your question. This one comes in from Sunflower. It says, Justin, why, or I should say, who do you think can more accurately represent and defend the concept of white fragility, you or Robin D'Angelo? Uh, I think why, I think we know that question just a little bit because Robin D'Angelo has been a horrible advocate of it. Everybody that I've, well, granted, my sphere is pretty limited, but most of the discourse I've seen is about how terrible the book is. It's obviously not working towards spreading the message uh, that she probably wanted it to spread, but it's really popular and has made her a lot of money. I don't know if I, I would be a better one, but I'm saying that she probably isn't a good advocate for this, again, bog standard stuff in psychology. She's not a good ad advocate for it, yet she's paid 22000 by the University of Minneapolis. She has a New York Times number one bestseller. She's been talked about on all of the uh, uh, on, on every cable network. It seems to me that she is an extraordinarily effective advocate for the things that you have yourself already agreed are bog standard psychology. So it seems like you don't really agree, uh, disagree with her premise. Um, uh, she's just done what you can't, which is be popular. Okay. Next. What does it true. say that I'm so much of a nobody and I'm the best you could get in this debate? 
Is that because, because, you at all? because because as I already you granted you at the beginning, as I already granted you at the beginning, nobody will agree to debate me. And when they do agree to debate me, their fans bully them out of it. And I tried in a gentlemanly and generous fashion at the beginning of this debate to give you praise for that. And you turn around and spat in my face by being by trying to score points with cheap lib. Uh, and with sarcasm, and that's when things really start to go off the rails. And at this point, you know, I agree. You, things you have, can you can burn. Things have gone very differently than I anticipated this, this, as well. This this this, uh, this, I, question, this I think Must demonstrates, by away. the way, the utter futility of attempting to have a debate with dignity with anyone from the left. Because they're just Are you saying that you shouldn't debate leftists. They're just, not, we, they're just speaking of platform. Hold on. This this uh, next question does have to do with that. Said. Crew Roberts, thanks, said, Milo, are you keen on debating any of the other left-leaning debate bros, such as Destiny, Vosh, or others? Uh, like I say, it's, uh, it's, it's years go by between anybody agreeing to debate me, and that was true at the height of my career, and it is true in my... Uh, You're debating quiz, Destiny in a week my, and a half. Let's let my uh, Twilight, my... Uh, my, my uh, 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 the the, the uh, um, semi-retirement I now found myself in, blissful. Uh, blissful semi retirement. Uh, I have this, and then there's something happening. I think in Minneapolis, um, in in person. I think it's Minneapolis. I forget. Uh, it is. I'll be there is, too, buddy. It's been um, it, it, it years go by without people, with, you know, with people just refusing to, to to debate me, and that was true, uh, you know, uh, the very best and the very worst. And I'm sure it won't, you know, next time I have another hit book, it'll be true again in the future. So uh, I can I can only repeat my uh, thanks to well. I was going to say, I'm going to repeat my thanks to the sort of uh, good natured, good faith, uh, but evidently it wasn't that. Um, what do you think good faith means? I do my, I do my best. Well, so just show up intending, um, show up intending to honor the, both the, the, the spirit and the letter, the terms of the, of the agreement you made, which is to have a debate on subject X. If you show up and you talk about and debate subject else, X and your real, um, and your real motivation seems to be to sort of take pot shots at someone you obviously viscerally loathe. Um, I just did so I just, much research. I just, that's all I wanted to do. I just don't, I just, I just don't think that's a, 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 a I just don't think it makes for good Something that I think I is think extremely anyone's really interested in watching this. Something I think is really interesting, really, really Short quick, tweet. is that he was kind of, he was right that no one really debated him before and you know, as he was like kind of rising to prominence. And a lot of people were criticizing me for having, you know, platforming you by, uh, by you know, debating you and giving you the attention again. And I think this is a really good demonstration of why debating is not platforming. Does anyone who wasn't always, already a fan of Milo in this debate do you have a good opinion of him after this? After he spends the entire debate whining think, and just think, going off think, about completely think, irrelevant right. points think, while he tries to on. think of an answer to the question. I uh, think people question. will. I think people will divide along partisan lines with precisely that opinion about both of us, respectively. And Chameleon, thanks. By the way, I do want to give a shout out to that event coming up. Is it in Minneapolis or Milwaukee? Is it the discourse? Forgive me. I'm, the name is escaping me right now but justin you're going as well so then you you and milo can be friends in person where i can't remember is it in milwaukee oh i think so, milwaukee yeah. sounds more like okay and then what was the name of it just because i do want to let people know about that so milo and, just... and destiny oh, will be crossing swords yeah. at that event so that should be exciting so well, next I'm up, sure, I'm sure he'll watch this, and I'm sure he'll come with um, better preparation and more focus and manners. Because <laughs> have we, you we seen really, there's just 
well, if, if he doesn't, it will go the same way, and people will see what they already kind of suspect about leftists, which is there's no fucking point bothering with you, and we should just lock you all up. Steven's a nice young man. Okay, Chameleon, thanks for your question, says, is Jangles prepared to address the topic? They I've must lost do. you again. Oh, okay. This, uh, mm -hmm. let's see. They said, can you guys hear me now? This is weird. I, I'm showing on EBS, OBS is coming through. It almost seems like when you're, like, leaning back. Okay. Got, okay. Gotcha. They said, is Jangles prepared to address the topic at some point? They seem to, they said, or will he just keep using psychology as a shibboleth? I don't know what that was. So, I'll, this is an incredible book in the sense that everybody has an opinion on it and no one has read it. I have well, addressed I've, the core principles. I've read it, and I principles. Was ready to talk about it, but it seems one to second, not be me who sec. thinks that you are not addressing the subject. I do want. I've got to give. I've got to give Justin a chance to respond. Yeah. No. What, what people have heard about this is that it, you know, it has this really terrible Jackie Robinson quote, and is telling all these white people, "Yeah, it's written really poor." But the concepts that it is built on, and some of the scientific references, some of them, not a lot of them, I had to do a lot of research on my own, are really standard stuff. And I have a lot of studies showing it. I would love to name them off, but when I tried to name one of the primary sources that I did, Miles said that he wasn't interested in it because I guess he doesn't really want to know how much that this book has been like just stating something boring and straightforward in a provocative way. We will go to the next question. We only have a few minutes, folks. And so we, at this point, cannot guarantee that we'll get any more additional questions other than the ones I have in front of me. This one comes in from, let's see. Our father in the green says, I think Milo underplays the narrative of, quote, welfare state makes you lazy, unquote. Civil war was about states' rights. Racism ended in civil rights, MOV, and roles influence have in American conservative circles. I didn't, again, once again, I'm sorry to say I understand the question. Um, I, I think he's trying... Uh... It's essentially the, the, saying that systemic racism is maybe, largely denied maybe, in conservative circles. Maybe the, um, maybe the most useful thing to respond specifically when he's talking about uh, uh, welfare is I, I read an interesting book, I don't know how persuaded I am by it, uh, called The Welfare Trait, um, which lays out this really bizarre and weird um, uh, theory that, that um, over successive generations, welfare dependence can actually create certain effects that seem to get passed down uh, apparently genetically, since when you take somebody from, you know, sort of fifth or sixth generation welfare dependents and then throw them up into privilege, they don't seem to flourish um, in the same way that kids who haven't had that, um, uh, that, that, that sort of generational inheritance do. And it's a sort of inexplicable uh, thing that pops up in the data that nobody really has a good answer for. Uh, seems, seems preposterous and silly and unbelievable to, to say that somehow it gets encoded in your genes or something and it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as very persuasive and i'm not really uh, super sold on epigenetics and all that kind of stuff but um but there is certainly some that, but the phenomenon whether or not we have an, uh, an explanation for it is undeniable which is that you greatly impoverish and diminish people's life chances um uh when they become third fourth fifth generation welfare dependents uh, and you see results of that in intelligence testing but you also see results of it just in uh in life outcomes and it doesn't seem to matter even if you snatch that person up very young and put them in a a, a very wealthy foster home so it's it's uh, i don't know if the question was friendly or otherwise because i couldn't tell but i, I it, it seems it seems quite plainly apparent to me that welfare is immiserating and corrosive um, and 
and uh, I don't know. That's all I can say. I think that's the question. Next up, last one I have in front of me. William Johnson, thanks for your question, said, Justin, can you frame proving systemic racism as proving white fragility since white fragility is a reaction to systematic racism? Uh, they say it may rhetorically I help Milo think... see the relevance. I th okay, I think so. Yeah, so systemic racism has put white people kind of up here in society. Very, very generalized terms, which, by the way, if you're studying society and talking about society, it's not racist. Like, sociologists do it all the time. But it's kind of put white people on top, uh, you know, on top of black people and not in the fun way. Um, and well, the fun way is the other way around, darling. Oh, okay. I've done both, so. Yeah. Uh, so we have, you know, white people on top, black people on the bottom, and the white fragility comes in when, even though you've been put here by systems beyond your control and that you did not earn, you tend to balk at the notion that you being white was in any way, uh, you know, responsible historically or otherwise for the reason you're up here, and by extension, them being black has nothing to do with their their being where they are right now, and uh, this can be corrected pretty easily with historical like information. Like they've done studies to say, uh, say that, you know, most white people uh, will kind of flip their script on a systemic racism if they are given information that it kind of confirms it. So a lot of it is just ignorance. Like I said, in my opening statement. Gotcha. And want to say thanks so much, folks. We have to wrap up. We, in some cases, I did not understand the questions. And so I skipped them. In some cases, they were just kind of flat out insults. And so if you have a problem, I'm at modern day debate at Gmail. Just let me know there in case I didn't read your super chat. Do want to say we really appreciate everybody being here. Both of our guests are linked in the description. And with that, and in no other way at all. That's true. And right. we want to say thank you very much to our guests, though, both Milo and Justin. It's been a pleasure to have you here with us. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. With that, folks, take care. Keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable. We're excited as this Friday, Destiny and Kim Iverson will be debating Biden or Trump, which is the better pick. So thanks so much, and we'll see you hopefully next time.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.